welcome to Talking Gems. Hey, I'm Onyx. I'm Phoenix. I am Alicia. Why do you always do this when I'm leading? I really feel like you do really? it when I'm leading. <laughs> and I I'm didn't Lauren. notice that was a pattern. I'm, okay, thank you. And I'm Lauren. And today, we're tackling feminism. Yeah. Super easy, light topic. Um, not controversial. Great little morning, we, 9 a.m. conversation. Yeah, we all have our same ideas of feminism. The world, we all agreed what feminism is. Um, so super bre- easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. Mm-hmm. Is that even a feminist commercial? Is it not? Mm-hmm. Is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's 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 unpack that. It's so much, to. yeah. So let's much to unpack. It. So much to unpack. But what spurs us along? It is Women's Month, and we watch the the Glorias, the Glorias, which is yes. it's like a dramatic. It's a um, story, life story. Uh, yeah, autobiographical. Mm, you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, Dramatic movie surprise. of yeah. Um, Gloria Steinem's life. Yeah, and it's yes. based off of her uh, book that she wrote about herself. It mm. was like Life on the Road. Yeah. Yes. I know exactly what an autobiography is. But when you say a book she wrote about herself, it, just it sounds a little off. <laughs> yeah. But that is literally what the definition is. Um, okay, so how did you guys feel about... Like, comment, subscribe. Uh, we definitely, forget. you yeah. definitely should be subscribe yes you should write a review yes you should be uh tweeting at us on twitter gems mm-hmm. underscore talking and instagram, instagram talking gems, gems. Yes. Yes. yes did you uh, say youtube youtube would be talking gems yes. as well yes yes as yes. well yes. it's yes. bloody amazing yes. bloody um bollocks mm-hmm. <laughs> bollocks mm-hmm. um, yes but make sure to give us love sorry i love the wicked it's just wicked it's wicked, wicked it's, it's wicked. brilliant <laughs> ta. I it's love, my dog i love got it like i'm so got it got it i love that one yeah i just love what you're saying it's like i honestly british I'm just, people are funny i just love everything isn't it? Say. <laughs> isn't it <laughs> They hate when we copy their accents, though. Yeah, just, I do. They, they can do better American accents than we could do British. Yeah, because so they Americans grew up so watching easy. all like our shows. And American accent so. is just a neutral. It's a very neutral accent. Yeah. it's very easy to do. Yeah, American accent. Okay. She they, they mess up. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Jor- Gloria Steinem. Yes. <laughs> How did you feel about the Glorias? I liked it. I'm not gonna lie, I did like it. I thought it was very interesting. Maybe too long. Okay, I, see, y'all said that. I watched it after y'all were saying that, and I was expecting to be like bored and like that. But I didn't mind the length for what was in it. I wasn't bored, but I do think some parts could have been cut off a little bit. But I understand why they were in the movie. Same. Mm-hmm. The like when. Um, the like jumping back and forth and like her talking to like different ages of herself. And I like that. So I like that, but sometimes the scenes, like especially the one when the guy was like in the chair spinning, that was so long. I was like, this could have been cut by like guy in the chair spinning. Like she was on doing the talk show. Oh, and it's oh, like yeah, that one and was then really like, long. Wearing yeah. like wearing something sexy and then yeah, it's like a and it was red light and then and, yeah, yeah, and she went like it was like this time warp thing, mm-hmm. and so I was like like little parts like that definitely could have been cut down yeah yeah that like was i a appreciate lot. the choice to do it yes. but it didn't need to be another five minutes yes, mm-hmm. yes segue. i agree i i i liked it but there was because it was just so long and then we had to, we were not had to but we were watching it for the pod mm-hmm. so there was just some times where it's like 
I, I'd rather we're kind of watch something else. Like, I just kind of was like, oh, we're still still going. Only hour in? All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes I did check to be like, well, I'm almost done. And I was like, oh, an hour and 46 minutes left. Yeah, oh, I, saw, get, I get, thought get. I was at the end, like, finite. And then it was like 25 minutes. I was like, what? Is left. What Possibly. Is left? Yes. What else have you done? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you old now. I don't. <laughs> your, all your friends are dying. She is. Yeah. Is um I forgot her name, but the one the woman who played or uh, who Janelle Monae played is she still alive? Because I remember oh, looking her up, but I, I forgot. Dorothy? Yes, it was. She had three Dorothy? names: Dorothy something. No idea. Um, but I did feel like it took a long time to really set up her like childhood early i was i feel like that's my weakest part because i was just like i thought it was just gonna be like a quick setup yeah and we spent a long time her childhood kind of teenage young adult i think that could have probably been a little short yeah before she got into her actual activism yeah i wanted more details on where she was how did you know when she like especially left the times to work at the other magazine the show magazine i was wondering we didn't get details of like did she just quit like how did she get her other job after quitting times you know like i wanted mm-hmm. like little things like that also all of a sudden she's just undercover at playboy like how did she come up with yeah, that idea that was a little mm-hmm. i wanted to know more about her and it was very much giving just the things she did yes yeah. and i was like girl th- didn't you write this book or you're part of this movie how did we not get a more personal insight on you it was mm-hmm. very like outside looking in i'm writing mm-hmm. about Gloria. I guess their personal aspect of it comes through from her like younger years. Yeah. Yeah. It's more of when she's like from childhood to college. That's where we get to know her. But like post that, it's more about her work and what she believes in feminism or how she kind of got into the movement. Yeah. 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 I felt I still don't, I mean, I know her stances. Mm-hmm. But I still don't really, I guess, feel why she it, was like how like why it really hit her. Yeah, I was trying to, to really figure that out too. Become mm-hmm. like a like a feminist like spearhead in this moment, yeah. especially Movement. since she didn't really want that, or since she didn't want to be the face of yeah. that. Like even so. when she was in India, I was like, but what's the like what what how do you go from? I'm just living in the environment. I'm just learning. I'm just like experiencing the women of India or just traveling to like, I don't really see the progression. It was, kind of, I know she, it feels like she kind of fell into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's not something you can really like how far she went into it. She spent her whole life traveling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I still feel like, like what, like why do you like just keep you up at night? Like, why do you feel like I have to say something I or I'm going to explode? Mm-hmm. I didn't get that mm-hmm. feeling from Same. the movie. It, do you think it's because how she was raised like her father didn't treat her like any other he just treated her like you know his equal in a way i think that's what's implied that she wasn't from a traditional family so she always Mm -hmm. life on the road and like she never really felt like a woman couldn't do anything or a girl was like like less but it still didn't show like where the passion came from story too yeah Yeah. but i yeah i still don't know why she is like like you said why she's passionate about um just women's right and like activism because like a lot of us are passionate about it but i mm-hmm. don't feel the need to lead a rally or mm-hmm. you know start you know just, like be politically um involved like i 
Democratic convention, like I could care less to attend or mm-hmm. be a delegate. But it seemed like she was like, oh, and creating a magazine for women's voices. Um, yeah, I don't but know. But see, things it's like that, that, I, like, what if she starts speaking? Because she was a writer and a journalist and everything before that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, the magazine and everything makes sense. But, like, the moment she was like, I'm going to get on stage, I was like, okay. Yeah. I, I think because I, they wouldn't let her write it. it. No, yeah. they said, like, the whole point was she couldn't write the story she wanted to. So she's like, let me speak so it. Let me speak oh, yeah. about it. Okay. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think she fell into okay. being involved in the movement. Like, she was already, like, it was something she believed in. But she, it, it just I guess it just together. happened. What yeah. me and Lauren are trying to figure out is what made her... Be like, like I can't quit. quit. I can never stop doing this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what's keep? Cause yeah, like, that's me, the drive. What her story to me is not something I feel like is unique. Like, there's a, there's a lot of girlies who mm-hmm. had non traditional lifestyle during that time, or like probably had an abortion or fought. Like, to me, her story is not unique. So I'm like, what is her? What keeps her from like another white woman? who kind of went through similar backgrounds, similar story. Mm-hmm. But like for her, it's like, I cannot sleep at night if I don't travel and I don't talk about it. If I don't like, like what's her passion to where, like why does like learning about the Indian women just like, I need to like write about it and I need to keep pushing. Like what is that drive? Yeah. It, it felt very like I'm falling into it, but I'm like, this mm-hmm. is not something. You don't just fall into it's activism. Too hard. Like <laughs> I just know yeah. it was too hard and yeah. you can see the struggle in the movie. So it's like everyone, like even um, Dorothy, I felt like you could since like, for my kids, I want yes. to do this. Mm-hmm. Like I'm a, a black, mom, a single mom. Yes, like a black poverty. Woman. It came through, and I don't know. Maybe it's acting. It mm. could, I don't know. I don't, I know. don't think how she has. A, it was like from her childhood, like basically from her childhood. Her how her mom kind of got stuck in a place, and how she never like fully fulfilled her dreams of journalism. That's why she was so passionate about like, oh yeah, I want to be a journalist, and of reason why she didn't necessarily want kids because she didn't want to feel trapped forever. Yeah, see, I under like I understand where the dread for journalism comes from. But No, the, but I think that's also for like that's just movement. Okay. I don't know. It's just a way for her to not be tied down. I don't know. I get that. It's like I understand the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I still, and I'm wondering now maybe if it was just like the directing choice or the acting choice, but I don't really see her, like at like towards the end of her life in the movie, she was having a struggle, she was struggling sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I get by this point, you've been working, you've been doing this for so long, like this is your life. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, what kept, I didn't see you, I guess I need to see more scenes of her like, really struggling, distraught, saying like, I can't, like I have to, like, it's like usually, like people who spearhead moments, movements, it's like they can't function without mm-hmm. feeling the mm-hmm. need to say something. I didn't get that desperate. Like I got like, oh, this is they're like they're not giving me the things I want, or like I want to make sure to be a journalist, and like, oh wow, like this is what you're going through. Like, well, I had abortion. I want to do things for abortion. It felt very casual. Everything, Maybe it was the acting. Then. Everything felt casual. Like um, she's just falling. She just falls upon everything. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, oh, wow, I'm in the right position at the right time. Like, mm-hmm. nothing seemed calculated, which is, that could be true. Yeah. But I also didn't, um, like, what her morals, her values, like, yeah. there was no, like, 
I guess because there isn't one thing, but I feel like when we meet her at a young age, like especially like the college age, she already had this um, like self-awareness. She was like, yeah, why would I come to India and travel, not travel with the people? I want to mm-hmm. see India. But where did that come from? Because mm-hmm. I feel like her dad, no, because her dad was a traveler and he like wanted to be no, immersed in everything. Came from, um, she, it kind of, um, they mentioned it that she just got a program to do like a residency in India. No, but like the moral. I'm talking about like her as a person. Maybe she just, she's just was better. born a great person and yeah. better. <laughs> that, that's what, yeah. that's what like, it's coming across a, You have a, like a father who travels, but like, how do you, that doesn't necessarily mean you want to travel and get to know the true India. Yeah. Because your dad mm-hmm. travels United States a lot. Like it, that like that's more like more like I can see you to be more like fear spirit. Like what makes you not a free spirit and just kind of like hippy dippy more and let and more about like, no, like I wanna truly experience like the truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everything about her was very much I'm very helpful, serving to others, mm-hmm. I'm listening. Mm-hmm. And I'm what made her because her that's not her parents yeah, yeah i'm like or even when she was a young child it like i guess they showed like that her tap dancing with that black girl like she just always she's i think she was just born maybe just a better person first, i think that's yeah. what they're trying to say i think so because well, i was like you're a white woman kind of growing biased. up it is because she did it herself but, but i, I think was just thinking yeah. like you're a white woman and they didn't really show like the dynamics with black people like in her Mm -hmm. life other than she just was always like she loved everyone she never Mm -hmm. saw color like that's Mm -hmm. basically the Mm -hmm. vibe i'm getting and so i'm like Mm -hmm. so where did this come from because usually if your parents are a certain way you just have certain uh biases yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm like how did you beat the odds so i guess the movie that's what i want to know the moral of the story for what this particular movie that's what we're getting down to this particular mm-hmm. movie is just saying she was born a better person yeah, yeah. so from you guys are all of, just she horrible just came out of the womb just like no i'm i am i'm just i'm the one mm-hmm. and i'm gonna help everyone i just like yeah. there and that's it and i guess i'm so used to like defining moments or certain things yeah. are just more connective to like this is how she got here mm-hmm. and this just mm-hmm. felt very like I did this, this. Oh, I'm going to do this. Oh, I need to do this now. And then it's like, boom, now she's a glorious Steinem and she's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, okay, we're just accepting this truth. Yeah, because some things we didn't even, um, like, especially when she was younger, like Playboy, like, why why does she go under? I want to know why and I she was very excited because that's yeah. what I, like, knew, like, Gloria Steinem from. Like, I remember learning that she did the Playboy thing. So I was excited to be like, oh, my God. So, like, how did this come about? Like, mm-hmm. where did this come mm-hmm. from? And then all of a sudden, she was a bunny. And I was like, wait a second. Wait, um, See, did I, I miss something? Like, oh. uh, I was like, they should take up her father's, um, you know, what they, like, they he suggest her doing something like that? He No, he like just suggested a, to be a rocketeer or dance yeah, because she needed yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Good yeah but it's, like, kind of so similar in a way. But she was still riding. Like, it wasn't like she was a bunny just to make money. She was doing this because she had a job. No, mm-hmm. no, that's what I was oh. saying. I was thinking initially, like, oh, did she take up her father's suggestion? Oh, yeah. Did he come, like... You know, earn money by using her sex appeal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how do you guys just feel about Gloria Steinem's impact during the time mm-hmm. of this big feminist movement, even today? I mean, the fact that I think a lot of if you anytime you even touch on feminism, I think her name easily comes up. So, yeah. 
do you, how do you feel about her feminism in the feminism movement? Mm-hmm. Well, I do believe she is impactful to the feminism movement. And it in like in the movie it kind of depicts that black women are a part of the movement and a bunch of women of color are a part of it. But I do think she is kind of um, not the reason, but she did perpetuate the white feminist um, kind of stereotype a little bit. Because, like, yes, she was like a part of the second wave of the feminist movement, but did she help contribute to the inclusion of women, women of color, as well as she could have? The, um... I see what you're saying, but in the movie makes a very strong point that that was her, she her was aware, MO. yeah, she was aware of that, and that's why she didn't want to be the face of it, mm-hmm. and yes. and who know if that's actually true, because it's from her perspective. No, she, that's what I'm saying, oh. like, in reality, from, like, me watching other doc- docuseries, mm. and, like, everything like that, like, did she do enough to not exclude women of color to be part of the movement? Or like, yeah, for women of color not being part of the movement. I wonder or being feeling ostracized a little bit. I wonder also I think sometimes in the black the black movement is kind of there's kind of two principles of it's like working with everyone. It's like you want allies, you want everyone, you want people to speak up, not like on your behalf, but like if you see injustice, speak about injustice. Mm-hmm. And then there is a side that kind of like we want to be completely in charge of our own movement mm-hmm. and we want to talk about what affects us. Mm-hmm. And I wonder during this time how many of like the black feminists was like, well, it's like they're focusing on themselves. And I do think black people do do that. That's like a, a principle and it depends just like what type of like black feminist you want to be but i think there is this kind of like wanting the isolation or like wanting to focus like no like these are these issues are so particular to black people and like they need to be highlighted like to a different degree and they don't want it ever dimmed by a grander feminist movement mm-hmm. cuz like when you just talk about feminism in the world there's so much you have to like you have to hit they kind of demonstrated that in um the convention when there were uh like all the subgroups, like there was like the Native American um, caucus, and then there was like the Asian American caucus, mm-hmm. and then the I forgot what they named it, but I'm gonna say Latinx caucus. They were all had their different meetings, and then when they came to the main stage, they all brought their like what they wanted in particular to highlight their group's issues. And I do feel like because there's so the women's movement is so diverse. And it's kind of hard to when they come together like a collective, what do we want as women? Because you were trying to make sure that your group is being heard and seen. Mm-hmm. And I do see like that was a conflict because sometimes what's good for one group might not necessarily be good for the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think like she it doesn't really show like how she combat that or was trying to help amplify voices more so she would she's like i'll i'll be a secretary for your group Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. she was aware and she was um trying to do her best to make them feel like they were her to learn a lot but didn't yes she seemed like a learner and listen yes that key line when like it's kind of like a montage but there's a sec there's like a piece in there when it's like how do you feel 
um, what do you, what is your response to black women who say that like that you're not included in the movement? And she was just like, well, I wouldn't say anything. I would just listen mm-hmm. and just move past it. But I'm like, great, first step. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you the issue is, it feels a little first steppy. But what's the mm, second? So she step-y? never went past. She did like. Are you saying? That's, are like, you kind of saying she did the bare minimum? Yeah. From what the movie, like, I don't know exactly, like, in that time, mm-hmm. and I haven't done the like all the research of that time. But in the movie, it depicts very like I'm listening. I understand that. Like, she felt outraged when the Native American women were their meeting was in the bathroom lounge. Like, yeah. like I do think she's like, what? Like, no, no, no. We can get you a room. Like, hold up. And she's they're like, no, we're fine, we're fine. But I do think she personally is a good. Well, at least how it's depicted. A good person. She understands, like, I'm a white woman into these spaces. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe she didn't even have the tools of how to even amp- to even try to. Like, I couldn't even yeah. tell her, like, because when you do have conflicting voices, different groups, like, I know they're conflicting. I don't even, like, how do you not choose sides? Or how do you try to really yeah. amplify? I mm-hmm. know in that position, I wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Then again, I'm not. I, I don't know, but, like, I've read about you know the rise of womanism or black feminism and like all these like other people women of color feminism subgroups it's because um the broader broader feminism movement didn't necessarily focus or like acknowledge the racial implications to their womanhood mm-hmm. so it was very just like oh women's rights women's rights but it was in the um view or perspective of white women's rights and what they were fighting for Hence, like Betty Friedman and her ideology, even Friedan and her ideology, even though in the movie they kind of said, oh, we're moving past it and we're looking for more. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe, like, I understand, like, yes, you know, that she is a white woman. Like, I, I can see that, but it was just a little, I don't know, it's like, I guess for the times, you can't blame her. She is just a little short-sighted. They weren't there yet, I guess, to understand the intersectionality of everything. But, but it is it like her thing? Is it just the... My thing... I guess the question is, when we're talking about Gloria Steinem specifically, I don't know... Mm-hmm. Like, I like white women in general, definitely during that period, definitely did not understand intersectionality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how to parse did she. Oh, in the movie... No, that's so, what I'm saying. I and, don't think she... There was a line in the movie she tried to okay, remember when they were doing the press conference and it was her oh, what's her name? The lady the black woman with the she always wore the cow boots. Yeah, Uh, Flo. And like she like Gloria Steinem, she made a point to be like, You see how you asked me a question about womanhood and you Mm -hmm. asked her a question just about race, but she's can answer both basically. And so that was her way of showing like the intersectionality of uh, yeah, there were a few little things like that throughout. So I feel like she was trying to say she was aware of it and how the implications, and especially because it, I don't know, but they really highlight that most of her closest friends in the women's movement were women of color. Yeah, that is true. And I don't know how accurate, but from what I've read and from different like docuseries and movies I've seen, she d- did seem to be surrounded by a lot of prominent women of color, and she seemed to be. At m- most inspired by particularly black women because mm-hmm. even when she was at the march in dc and like she showed that conversation she had with one of um 
just like just an older black woman yeah in the crowd yeah. and she was like wow like you spoke up to him she's like mm-hmm. i would just talk to another guy because i feel like he would be heard and she's mm-hmm. like the black woman's like that's the problem with you white woman <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's ground zero right there yeah so i think she was aware what i do just think, um, don't know yeah like lauren said like how in that time how if she had hindsight like she did she thought she was doing enough by just being a listener mm-hmm. but she didn't realize the power she had that's awesome interesting so thinking about gloria today do you, how how do you feel about her involvement the feminine this feminist movement today compared to the 60s and the 70s do you feel I know she spoke at the women's march right mm-hmm. yeah and it felt i mean the clip in the movie it felt very like I, props to her because she did a lot but it didn't feel like yeah i've been doing this for a while Mm. Um, a little bit of a pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I'm glad y'all are doing this little marchy march, but I've been out here. Yeah, so. I, I felt, there was definitely like a little bit of like I've been doing this for a whole minute. Mm-hmm. I make a little old person joke. Yeah, but it just means I got decades on y'all. But at least y'all are trying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I don't know what she does today. Yeah. I didn't know she was really like, like really out here like that. The only thing I really know about Gloria is from this movie and from um, a few things that we've like covered in um, like women gender sexuality classes where we had um, her magazine as like a textbook basically. Mm-hmm. So I'm not like too well versed in Gloria. But I didn't know she was alive. Okay. Like, I, like I, when I learned about her, I didn't know it was like a oh you're still kicking. Like Same. I didn't know that. Same till we started doing this and i was like oh Mm -hmm. i think a a lot of activists too because i can't even think of angela davis a lot of them are they did so much work yeah when they were younger Mm -hmm. that they must be exhausted they're exhausted they're either Mm -hmm. teaching they're um retired Mm -hmm. or they just write they'll pop up every once yeah write books do public speaking whenever they need to but it's kind of they already said all they needed to say yeah and it's up to people to either listen to just continue on Mm -hmm. agree you know Mm -hmm. um actually put things into action because i feel like they're at the point not what more can i do but i've what more can i say because i said what needs to be changed Mm -hmm. and And it's up to younger generations Yeah, yeah i think they've taken more of the mentorship role in the mm-hmm. teacher room, mm-hmm. trying to teach the younger generation, guide them, and, and like you can't, you know, the younger generation is not going to accept everything that they believe because you know we have our own perspectives mm-hmm. and like of life and how things should be. But it's just like yeah, mentoring the younger generation into the fight or to continue to fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we touch a little bit about kind of white feminism versus womanism. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just out of a curiosity, do you guys consider yourselves feminism today mm-hmm. um, by the modern standards? Do I consider myself a feminist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just don't know why I wouldn't. Is the thing because okay. like I've hear I've hear I mean I haven't heard that argument too much in like recent recent years like the last like maybe three years but like five years ago I remember hearing people like debate of do I want to call myself a feminist because of I don't really like how they're portrayed and how people think people of blah, 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 still blah. Say this. <laughs> yeah I just haven't heard that re- me personally yeah. I haven't heard that as much recently but it's just like why wouldn't I yeah yeah mm-hmm. I I guess my like at the core of what feminism stands for yes I'm yeah. a feminist but do I like say oh if someone's like 
are you a feminist like i i i don't know but i think it's because i'm more closely aligned to my blackness than i am but i feel like i would way more like be like i'm a womanist before i say even yeah. though womanist is kind of yeah that's what i thought you were gonna say i thought you're gonna say do you consider yourself a feminist or a womanist no i, Which, wanted, no, I wanted to just say feminist because i feel like that's like because that mm -hmm. it's it's that's, so because if you, if you can't say yes then it's like is your like not cop out but is your other option Woman, like, enough for you to say like I'm a womanist. Ah, uh, yeah, because because you're so uncomfortable. I'm with feminism. so sorry. I am so uncomfortable with the word. I don't know why. Well, I what, do what know word? why feminism. Like, to really, see, I'm a feminist. Okay, it's just like the history. It's so much history, and I know the words can change and evolve. Mm -hmm. And I know feminism isn't what it used to be, what it is now. But there's still so many issues mm -hmm. in the community sometimes. I mean, but then yeah. that doesn't mean you can't consider your like there's that's issues what I said. I'm, in, yeah. I'm by definition i'm considered a feminist mm -hmm. but i personally feel more comfortable using even though i feel like both of these terms are dated like i would rather be called a womanist than a feminist because everything like everything that comes with it mm -hmm. you understand more of the intersectionality of the womanist movement mm -hmm. than the feminist movement yeah no yeah i agree for me, I think I'm more of a womanist, just considering the root or like the start of the feminist movement with, you know, Susan B. Anthony and all that, just mm. the history behind it. It wasn't necessarily the inclusion of black women in the you know, beginning of it. Mm -hmm. Would you like so if someone were to just like flat out ask you, are you a feminist? Would your would your response be no, I'm no, a I'm a womanist? Or like, how would you respond like, to that I'm question? Not, um, so like, oh, like on the terms, I'd be like, yeah, basically, I'm a feminist because a lot of people still don't know what a womanist is. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a, sometimes I'm, I just don't be wanted to. Like, I'm unfamiliar with the term a bit. Mm. Like, see, the thing is, like, we should be like educating people and all this stuff. Like, when you know, people aren't aware of certain terms. But sometimes I don't want to give history lessons. Yeah. yeah. So like, if someone is just like, you're a feminist, and be like, yeah then we can we can move on mm -hmm. unless maybe it's a different setting to where like a, the conversation is open and then we can go into that but mm -hmm. for a baseline like yeah sure feminist, why not? a lot of the um black feminist leaders they consider themselves womanist even though they mm -hmm. were part of the feminist movement mm -hmm. exactly. and and so that's why i'm like well they're doing both i could do both yeah why not <laughs> yeah. i'm and just both so what i've learned recently like back in the 60s and 70s um the black black a lot of black people did consider the feminist movement anti-black mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like mean, they didn't it think was. it was for black people mm -hmm. yeah it, i think it's one of those things like the group versus the individual like i'm sure like maybe Gloria, maybe she's not a white feminist maybe she is or you know there is probably white feminists who wasn't anti-black mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. you can't say that the movement as a whole was had its issues yeah, had it was yeah. anti-blackness anti it. definitely strong strong anti-black strong anti any type of yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> any, mm -hmm. any minority is probably over here like yeah no, it was anti-asian american yes. it was anti-indigenous anti anti-everything yeah um okay oh i was gonna say for okay i don't mind like when people i know white feminists like calling someone a white feminist is supposed to be derogatory but i'm like but she's white so like <laughs> is she Wait, not that's supposed to be derogatory you know like they get offended like, I, like 
Like, oh, that's oh, your they white. Oh, they get mad. Yeah, because like, okay, oh, like, such... you a white feminist? But my whole thing is, I okay, like like Lauren said, you could be a white feminist, but not anti-black. I feel mm-hmm. like Gloria is technically a white feminist, mm-hmm. but she's aware of her like I a whiteness. She's aware of her privilege. Like it's not mm-hmm. like a, a white feminism like that. She's anti everything. It's mm-hmm. just she's a white woman. She she's not gonna relate to us. Everything she's going. So that's kind of what I've just taken it as second hand. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think maybe that's technically true, but I do think, I guess, in casual terms, and like today, yeah, being called a white oh, feminist yeah. is not the same thing as just being white and a feminist. Okay, yeah. It, to me, when I call Taylor Swift a white feminist, is not because she's so white. And yeah. it, okay. it's I'm calling her like you only see white. I see what you mean. Issues of feminism, and I'm yeah. like that's the thing. It's like okay. historically. Is it wrong to just say white feminist? Maybe just the actual definition? No, because you could be white and a feminist. Mm-hmm. But in like casual terms of modern times, like if I don't know how these terms are going to be when our kids grow up, right? Mm-hmm. So like if someone were to say, what was like a white feminist during my time? I would say that's not a good thing to be a white feminist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While I was growing I see up. What you mean. Yeah. yeah. I, um, have y'all ever read The Feminine Mistake? No, I've read, I, I mean, think excerpts. I might have read excerpts, yeah, in like, class. Yeah, okay. but not like I, I didn't do I that. Remember I read it when I was way too young to even kind of understand and grasp everything that I was reading, but like I kind of did understand it a, a little bit. Um, but that I feel like that's peak white feminism mm-hmm. because the huh. whole thing is about um, how women are stuck in the houses and we need to get back to working again. We're um, second class citizens to our husbands, which is true, but there's more. Think, of, yeah, no, but if you think about when the it was written and when it was published, like in the fifties, um, black women were working during the mm-hmm. time. They had mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Like, we had to. So like it was very focused on white suburban middle class. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People. Yeah. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Like I always like I realized that while reading it, and I would talk to my mom. I was like, but you know, then Granny, you know, she worked. And she was like, yeah. She was like, that's why <laughs> she don't go off. She was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, black women always have to work. This didn't necessarily like apply to us a lot of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, a little bit. Okay. So, let's talk about, I guess, traditional feminism versus modern time feminism. Okay. And what things today are considered feminist, which things aren't. And kind of the, I think the more complicated answer of what is feminism today. Mm-hmm. So okay, I'm gonna say this lightly. Okay. okay. All right. Sometimes. All right. Yeah. Be prepared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like we 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 know uh, we, we are know con- that honestly. Yeah. Controversial. Controversial. Some uh-huh. things today. I know I shouldn't, but even with like uh, black issues, they seem trivial to what they were fighting in the past, mm-hmm. right? So then now I feel like peak feminism is very much um <laughs> sorry. sorry but truth. it just makes me laugh because I'm like wow this is really like what we're fighting but uh, I understand <laughs> I understand cuz I understand at the basis mm-hmm. but it's just like um they're just like just I feel like they're like just walk out the house no bra like feminism and i'm like but sometimes that'd be like twitter feminism stuff i know like it'd but be a that's lot of, that's their peak 
Like, yeah, you know, they did that that's... in the '60s too. They're like, burn the bra, and like some people would do boobs. Like, hey, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I could. They did do that, but I just feel like now it's very much performative. Performative, because I'm like, mm-hmm. they already did. They already did it. They already. I feel like now everything is just repeating itself. But I think it kind of needs it because. As much as there is a lot of performative feminism, and some of it does feel very trivial, I think every generation kind of has to go through the trivial things because you're coming into your sub, your womanhood. Mm-hmm. Each girl, like each girl coming is coming to their womanhood. They're dealing with things, and even it's only so much you can like listen to your mom about or listen to past generations. Yeah, things are gonna feel different when it's you when you're actually yeah. like feel like oh like put your your bra shop is showing like it's different than hearing burn the bra and actually going through that so Mm -hmm. i do think some things repeat but i do think it's it's almost inevitable because each person has to go through experience experiences and i do think social media i wonder if they had social media back then there's gonna be a lot of a lot of things a lot of trivial things are gonna get amplified yeah Mm -hmm. i agree like we have to keep the conversation going because if the conversation stops people going we regress to their old agree agree um Uh, kind of today in feminism i feel like there's kind of a division amongst well there's always been a division amongst the feminist group but like I guess the key theories of what feminism is is kind of being muddled a little bit. Like, there's some people who believe in sexual um, liberation. Like, that's already part of um, feminism, but their main focus is on sexual liberation in women. Um, Basically, uh, just being able to just freely... Uh, you know, freely enjoy their sexuality and showcase it and not be shamed or such shamed about it. Mm-hmm. And the other people believe um, that some women are sexualizing their, um, no, weaponizing their sexuality, such as like Bell Hooks, thinking Beyonce weaponizes her sexuality to sell to the masses. Yeah. Hmm. So it's like there's two sides. I think even of an argument was it. Uh, not Betty for Dan. One someone, Be- Betty for Dan, or even was it Gloria? They've had past comments, um, not criticizing, but basically feeling that yes, you can be sexually free and everything, but there's some things that we do now that they per- like they wouldn't do. They feel like it takes away from the movement. It's a distraction. That makes sense for them, though. Yeah. For their time. Yeah. That they think and that. The, so that's what I like the key difference is where they feel we do a lot of things for shock value and not mm-hmm. um, to get them. And the shock distorts the message. Mm-hmm. Like, because you saw her, like Gloria, she she dresses very plain. Like she made it, did like, she's like, I'm wearing long sleeve pants and you're still sexualizing me. And so then they feel like if she if she were to be exposed, I feel like she feel like that would distract from her message. Like they're yep. doing it. I think there's a little bit of like, not lack of understanding, but I do, I think the issue is a lot of the time when it comes to sexuality is what you're innately comfortable with mm-hmm. is not some not something someone else is innately comfortable mm-hmm. with. So mm-hmm. to you, it just feels like they're doing, they're showing their body for show, mm-hmm. like purely because of like shock value and purely because of it, not because they're just innately more comfortable showing their body more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I do think 
it's easy to kind of like warp your comfortability and be like that is the standard like don't mm-hmm. we all think like wearing like an actual lingerie down the street is a little too much mm-hmm. and it's like yeah. sure there might be some women who are doing the performative they need the attention but also there is a lot of women who just they don't like it's just skin to the it's just body parts like they yeah. don't have mm-hmm. that innate I, yeah. and that's probably the one of the biggest differences is that feminism now is less monolithic mm. in that sense i, I feel, feel like, like it's always been mono um i mean i feel like not as much as i think before. society was just more conservative as a whole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but so then, now society's not as conservative so you know what they wear back in the day is nothing compared to what we wear now mm-hmm. so like it like it's going to evolve generally so i don't feel like it's always not been a monolith there's always people back in the day who was showing their skin mm-hmm. but th- they also wouldn't have probably worn like long like some of the things that i like people be wearing out nowadays are cr- like sometimes I'm like girl we are at the bank to me my first thought is just weather um yes Yes. to me it gets me when i know you're cold like you're turning blue and that's why i'm just a little that's that's what halloween gets me sometimes because i'm like oh my god we all look great we all look great but i'd be freezing in these fishnets too so i know we all cold out here halloween i understand because that's an event that's a party Yeah. yeah it's you're supposed to dress uh, when it's 32 degrees outside and wearing booty shorts <laughs> yeah and flip like, but i mean look some people don't feel cold so if you want to wear your I, if your ass like, cheeks want to be out and, i know i'm like even with white men when they be wearing shorts i was like what yeah just, just cover, any uh, human being because you yes. can tell when someone's just wearing it because they look good or when and someone's wearing it because they're trying to just you know get a reaction and that's i guess that's subjective too but I don't, I don't have a problem with people wearing what they want to wear. I just don't understand for comfortability why some people wear what they wear. <laughs> no, yeah. It has nothing to do with feminism. It's just yeah. on a human level. My biggest, I think, modern critique, and it's like I think we've made progress on it, but obviously there's so much more to go, is fully accepting like feminism is like you as a woman can do literally anything you want. That's the whole point. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to work a certain job. You don't have to like look a certain way. You don't have to do certain things. Exactly. And I think sometimes it's overcorrect. Like in, for any movement, there's overcorrections. Overcorrection. Yeah. Like the whole idea. Like that's why the whole like battle from like in Miss America was like housewives felt excluded from the feminist movement because it's like well i like taking care of my kids i like cooking i like being at home mm-hmm. and i feel like today there is a lot more rhetoric about it but there is obviously so much more to go because i do feel like there is a feminist police to on things that i don't think it's that's not feminism i just think it's her choice if that's what she wants to do i don't think mm-hmm. it's necessarily not feminist because that's something that you wouldn't do yeah that is i that- find that crazy because i think they kind of went back on that issue because i think in the 80s and 90s it was accepted that women could be homemakers and still be feminist as well mm-hmm. but now there's kind of like a rhetoric but that oh if you're a housewife you're not a feminist you don't believe in like women's issues you believe in you know being submissive to your husband that's not feminism well i do believe some women could be they're just naturally submissive people so it's not necessarily that they don't believe in their own rights 
and they don't have their own voice. They just like being homemakers instead. Yeah, you could be submissive in a same-sex couple. Like, exactly. I don't feel like it has anything to do with being a a male or female or, you know, mm-hmm. a man or a woman. Because men submit to their wives as well. Yes, I, I very much think that, like, submissiveness comes with, it's a personality trait and mm-hmm. not, like, a biological trait. So mm-hmm. it's like some like I could be submissive in my like friendships. Yeah, I'm submissive to my parents. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's like I think there's always like a people there is society influence on a lot of the gender roles. Yeah, but I do think if you can understand, like I think everyone should be aware that there's societal influence. But it's like I am aware of the societal influence, and I still know I'm submissive. Mm-hmm. Like that can still be a true statement mm-hmm. for for women and for people. But I feel like people are like you're only submissive because of society. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. There is obviously women who are like, who were kind of forced to be submissive because of society, but there are naturally submissive people. And as long as yeah. they're aware yeah. of their societal, possible societal pressures, it's fine. Cause they just realize, yeah, no, I'm checking myself and I realize it's not because society's telling me to, it's because I just personally want this. I also mm-hmm. realize, um, like comparing back in the day till now, a lot of women who, what i create like it was a choice like i'm referencing gloria's mom she was a journalist and she was writing under like a um a pseudo name like that was a male name and then she chose to get married but if she really what like i don't wonder if the implication of societal pressures like she got married because of society but at some point there's so many rebels and there's so many women who weren't doing the norm of in society i feel like it wasn't taboo like if you really did not want to you know do something you wouldn't but mm-hmm. i feel like women each woman makes a choice what they want to do with their lives and rather whether they regret it or not i like i don't think that has anything to do necessarily with society more so their personal like what they wanted to do with their life you know like i don't i guess our less society really has a hold on people but i just for me i'm like i can't imagine like making a decision based off of the outside world looking in even now because people to, to this day still be like well that's because societal pressures i'm like oh wow i think it's mm-hmm. i also think when kids come into play it's one of those things like it's mm-hmm. natural for the woman to adapt Mm -hmm. if the kids need more attention and it's natural for a man to feel like they don't need to adapt if there's issues with the kid so i feel like when you have a kid like even if she was able let's say like a person she's working she finds a husband who is okay with her working while they're married like initially they go in so they get married and they have the kid but then i feel like if there's any issues come up the the norm of whatever society you in might be well she should take the step back Mm-hmm. and it's like in your head if you're the, if you're a mom i don't know i'm not a mom but it's like i think you naturally want to do that and then mm-hmm. if the society's already kind of like saying you should do it it's like it's yeah just easier to it's just like yeah it. like why would i not want to take my take care of my kid mm-hmm. it feels like you're going out of your way not to want to support your kid because you naturally want to do that and then for a man they might have that like i want to take care of my kid but I should be the man to really keep working and get because they could mm-hmm. probably have the higher salary too. Like, yeah. So I think it's less like necessarily like outside telling you to do it, but it's more like you have natural indications to take care of your child, 
and it's like you have the lower salary. Okay, but mm-hmm. would you say those like I feel like some feminists would argue are those natural inclinations? Yeah, that's actually true. natural, or is it because we Societal. grew up in this patriarchal society? Yeah, I don't no, know if that's. But no, I mean like the ones who do have that feeling, I want to take care of my child. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you're saying for yeah. people that, that does just... Some people are yeah. natural. Okay. So, like some, I'm, for a okay. woman who's like, she fine, she just keep on working. Like, you yeah. know, there's no issue. That's why daycare exists. Yeah, but I think there yeah. are women who like genuinely, like, I love my work and I love my kids, but like, like something needs to give and it's like your husband over here has a bigger salary it's kind of like it feels like it. If, I think it just kind of like your situation feels like you should be the one to step back. Mm-hmm. If you have, I mean, if you don't care about your kids, not care, but like if you think your kids, are, <laughs> if, if your kids, yeah, if your kids are not struggling, like there's no mm-hmm. reason to just quit your job. Mm-hmm. But like the kids, mm-hmm. the ones I do, like I have five kids all of a sudden, and like things aren't working out. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that's um, interesting. Personally, one of my biggest strifes against modern day feminism is when people try to make stuff revolutionary to the feminist mm. movement when it's not revolutionary mm. to the feminist movement mm. at all mm-hmm. yeah For example, walk was not that revolutionary to me at all at all because women specifically um rappers talking about their sexuality is nothing new at all mm-hmm. they've been talking talking about their sexuality since the 80s mm-hmm. so it wasn't even that provocative compared to other rap songs by women. Yeah. Like Lil' Kim. Foxy What's Brown. It? Foxy Brown. Tina. Mm-hmm. Trina. Trina. Yeah. 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 Come on. They now. have nastier songs. Um, exactly. I, w- I think it's because they're so mainstream. Now. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what it is. I also, it was very surprising how surprising people were. People were pressed. To the reaction to Walk, because I was like, you make it seem like these two were singer songwriters, <laughs> like with their acoustic guitars, yeah. just like naked on like. And then they just went to like, let's talk about like pussy and like rubbing over each other. Like, you, to me, I was like, how is this not just a natural evolution of two female rappers who Who've already, already talk about it. their sexuality and do and twerking? I would if Cardi B and Meg Thee Stallion made a song together. If it didn't sound like that, I'd be a little bit confused. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's pussy or get money. Like I, <laughs> like yeah. I, I feel like there was only there's only two ways they really could have went with that, and mm-hmm. they did both. They combined both. Like yeah. that's yeah, how most like, rap songs are. So it's just a little. I was then, yeah, yeah, that's just music because people were surprised because they both talk about sex so much in their music. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, this is natural. Along to talk about something like this. Along with this, also comes like like the annoyance where now they feel like they are the spokespeople for feminism and for women expressing their sexuality. (laughs) I'm being sarcastic. Oh, but do you get the sense that that they think they're they're doing something revolutionary? And I'm. Or it's because Fox News uh, keep talking about them. That's yeah. not reactionary. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't really. Them. I never really see them going out of their way initially. I feel like they just they drop I a think song. They put that label on them, and we're like, okay. Yeah. And then people keep talking about it and coming for the their kids. <laughs> and then because then it did turn it didn't turn sexist. So then they have to put on be in that role mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. um a feminist or you know whatever. Yeah, and I do blame. I don't blame Cardi and Meg. No, I blame yeah like the audience more 
projecting that title on them like oh they're feminist icons or like this is um a feminist song yeah which i believe it's i i mean but if it is for you that for some people that it did help them for some people it was like that this was my like revolution of my own sexuality which is great if that's your feminist like um pinnacle great but do you think i don't consider a feminist song because technically like for historically black women have always been sexually or sexualized the media yeah so this is nothing new for me because like we have multiple tropes like the jezebel trope or the sapphire trope that hyper sexualizes us in a way and they're feeding into the hyper uh, sexualization Sexuality. of yeah, black women so mm-hmm. like so some people can even take the song as anti-feminist yeah mm-hmm. but that's especially what, anti-black women yeah like because that's the problem with almost every movement nowadays there's just too many voices and there's not like okay there's a sit down to talk about okay what compromise can we get to because that's even with the black movement Mm-hmm. Like there's just too many theories and perspectives to how we get to liberation, but um, no one has the like no one has a set plan or a common plan or just a plan that everyone agrees with how to get reach it. Yeah, I um, guess okay. That's that's where I, the the my whole thing is. It's like when you're younger, we're telling little girls to like, oh, cover yourself, cover yourself, cover yourself, cover yourself. Now you get to the age now free open i feel like there's just so much contradiction i think uh, everything and i just don't know how to how do we evolve past it should we evolve past it is it is it why is it morally correct to be like no don't sexualize yourself don't sexualize yourself but now you're 18 you can sexualize yourself like do you know what i mean that's why i don't think i think the issue is not necessarily i think it's more about the societal rhetoric around girl versus woman Mm -hmm. i think they're like kind of like close your eyes to feminism a bit and like your sexuality womanhood until you're there and i think it should be implemented earlier not even just parents but like even just and it's hard you can't get a society to just like change do it Mm -hmm. but i do think it would help if if the feminist movement starts when you're a child and learning about like boys respecting themselves and women and women respecting like girls respecting boys and themselves like like even the for instance like with tamara how she like when what's her son's name kaden aiden aiden when he was like a child and like she would he would like touch someone or like hug someone and it's like innocent you're like oh my god like he's like they're children but like she was like no like i make sure like you have to get permission you have to ask for consent and it seems so weird to talk about consent to a four-year-old but it's starting mm-hmm. i think conversations not necessarily but like maybe not i don't know like when the sexuality or how you would do it but maybe just not like cover up because you need like because you're too young Mm -hmm. but like maybe understanding like talking about maybe the societal issues and trying to shape the conversation overall yeah and starting younger instead of waiting saying like hold on instead of just rules but then then taking the rules away yes not understand maybe helping them trying to understand the rules Mm -hmm. more than just saying don't do it. Be like, okay, well, let's talk about like, why do you want to do this? Yeah, why, why do you want to do it? Yes. How uh, give them alternatives? Talk, I think more of a dialogue yeah. and less just yes, no. Wait till you're like. Mm-hmm. I guess also with that, there's also because it's not just like okay when people get called out for when parents be like, 
oh yeah i have my daughters dressed a certain way because i not because they shouldn't be able to but because i don't want these older men sexualizing them mm -hmm. but then they'll be get called out for being anti uh you know like anti-feminism like erica badu Who, like the parents yeah like erica badu had basically like she basically was like I, you know, I teach my daughters, like when they were younger, like I didn't let them wear certain things. I told like that skirt is too short because not because she thinks they shouldn't be able to, but because men are nasty mm -hmm. and will sexualize them. And so it's like the combating, like, I feel like that a lot of times that's the issue now that we more have in um, the feminist movement is what is, I feel like you could be a feminist and still be aware that our society is not progressed mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. like and i feel like a I lot of people get attacked that. for that perspective but i don't I, think there's a lot of dialogue about the why like i know for like for instance for me when my boobs grew, came in highly young mm -hmm. and highly humongous early right and it's not that i wanted i was like trying to dress sexy as a 13 year old a 14 year old mm -hmm. it's just boobs in the shirts made for 14 year olds they mm -hmm. be popping yeah and so my mom would be like cover up like you know like pull your shirt up like pull your tank up whatever whatever mm -hmm. and like as a 14 year old like that messed with me because i felt like oh my, like i'm not trying to be sexual and i feel like she was constantly criticizing me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like now as a 24 year old looking back i'm like well yes because like there is older men who would have sexualized me but like None of that was like broken down to me. None of that was explained to me. Mm -hmm. And no yeah. one no one in my life was going through what I was going through. So I think that's what I mean by the even the like just talking about the reason behind it. And even they might not again, like you're gonna have push like, but it's fine, like, it's not my fault that they wanna look at me like I should wear my short skirt. But mm -hmm. I do think it helps if I had that conversation. Yeah. yeah. And I think no, there's yeah. less of that. I think there's more those conversations are not happening enough. Even and even if you know there, I do think like there is should be some pushback if you want like your child not to dress a certain way. But I think there is a limit, and I think trying to make them understand your perspective and trying to understand having more of a dialogue versus hard and fast rules it just is not the right the way to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then sometimes you can't even help when children are sexualized because I you know I was always thick I always had a big butt so I, you can't necessarily hide that mm -hmm. from mm -hmm. anywhere it's like men are going to sexualize you sadly like any type yeah. like whatever no matter and that's the no argument they're like wear. no matter what you wear they're gonna uh sexualize you yeah but so I but I just kind of fought back on like especially when my um, parents be like oh you can't wear that. I'm like, well, yeah, I can't wear um, leggings. I can't wear um, yoga pants or like workout pants because mm -hmm. I can't hide my butt in these jeans either. So I don't see the difference. So they've kind of stopped pushing on it. But I was like, it's not going anywhere. I can't hide it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it is like there needs to be a balance. We can't ch always try to tell girls like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to cover up. We need to start teaching these boys to start respecting women as well. Mm -hmm. Like it starts young, like with the Tamara situation. It's like, please, like, I don't know. It's just like there needs to be a balance because even like in elementary school, they have um, butt tag, booty tag. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. Tag. Booty tag Fridays. Exactly. <laughs> it's always Friday. So it starts young. <laughs> like, they like it starts at home, it starts with the adults around us to teach us about consent mm -hmm. and like 
just not to sexualize each other. Yeah. And I think there's a way to tell your young girls to respect themselves. I don't think respecting yourself and conservative is synonymous. And I think a lot of time it is. It's like you need to respect yourself to cover up. Mm-hmm. And mm. I don't think that's the same thing because I did not like friends like I didn't like my my boobs. I didn't like my body as like a young girl because I was like, I can't like I'm ostracized all the time. Like I have to dress differently. I have to like constantly get picked at about my boobs. And it's like I didn't I wasn't taught like how to respect my body. Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. I respect and because I respect and love my body, I can make I feel comfortable with the choices I'm making. It's more mm-hmm. like I'm being told I have to cover up my boobs all the time. And I don't like having to do that and I hate my boobs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even though I have the, f- and then it's like, I always would say, you know, when in my twenties, I'm going to love these boobs, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I'm going to love them later. Like I know, cause I'm going to be adult and that can, like, it won't care. It won't matter if I have cleavage or not. Cause then I'll be 24 mm-hmm. versus 14. Mm-hmm. And there was like a lack of loving your body because it doesn't fit. It, it could be too sexualized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So instead of like loving your big butt, in loving your body and maybe that's how you can develop the respect for your body is just kind of being told cover your booty yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. no i would have learned more if my mom was like don't wear that those short shorts because of this because more i just got upset at my mom for like trying to restrict how i wanted to dress and i'm like why are you trying to like hold me like i want to like i just want to do what i want to do and wear what i want to wear and express myself how i want to do that but instead of mm-hmm. just like, no, don't wear that. You can't go out like that. Why? Just don't. Mm-hmm. You just can't. So then you don't, don't learn anything from that. Uncomfortable conversations with them. I think that yes. it's like because you don't want to talk about sexuality with people. Your or yeah, and old, yeah. they just um, they don't care. Like it's like I said no, so no. You know. I, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it is it's just the uh, the parent ideal like, of like it doesn't matter. I'm a parent. You listen to me regardless. Mm-hmm. But then also mm-hmm. a lot of older people are just like sex is still taboo and you don't want to talk about that. But then it's detrimental when it comes to your child who's going into this world and has no idea. And you're just like, uh, just don't do it. Mm-hmm. And then nothing's mm-hmm. being learned. And sometimes you feel like they don't themselves don't actually know the answers. Yeah. Um. They just know don't do it because this could happen but they don't necessarily like the why mm-hmm. so it's like how are they going to explain and to they you can't the have why? that conversation if they don't already exactly know. Yeah. yeah so everybody just got to learn mm-hmm. yeah so, so once again super light topic uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we talked a lot about like sexuality um playboy like we, t- we touched a little bit on playboy but the evolution of how it was very, it was basically a porn magazine for men. Mm-hmm. And then today. Yeah. It's sexual liberation. Exactly. Like, yeah. I'm it's like, artistic. Like a teenage girl now, when they think of Playboy, it's kind of like a cool thing. If like, Playboy hit me up and was like, want to do shit, I'd be cool like, girl. yeah, Playboy. And yeah. That's, that's the other thing. When Gloria went undercover, it was more like how they're exploiting women. Mm-hmm. And so now mm-hmm. her stance on Playboy would probably still be this, like, did her stance change? Because. Based that, that was Play sexualizing women for mm-hmm. their pleasure, but now it's like women are sexualizing themselves, but men are still getting pleasure from it. So mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. and also, but Playboy is not even just women now, too, it's everybody. No, it's so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's more all genders, freedom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. more than anything. Yeah, I think it's so crazy how sexuality is so intertwined into feminism because yes. every, everything everything's is rooted about in sex. sexism. I know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I do think sex. it's unfair. Because, okay, we talked about this in my women's gender studies class when I was in, like, freshman year of college, that 
everything is through the lens of the male um the male gaze mm-hmm. so even yes. though we're feeling sexually liberated it it's always for the like it's always it's going always to benefit the, the men yeah. like yeah. there's no way around it and yeah. that's that's, that's what <laughs> it's been built and we can't name. win like yeah. that's that and it's like okay i realized that because we were doing black exploitation films in one of my classes and i had to do a group project and we we're doing one on cleopatra jones and that's more like a feminist black feminist type of movie mm-hmm. where there's a black woman hero she um had she embraces her femininity and her masculinity but she's still sexualized by other men characters even though she beats them up mm-hmm. in the way like she mm-hmm. overpowers everyone and outsmarts everyone she's still seen from the male gaze mm-hmm. and like if she has a partner like the partner in the film they're like it's a very equal relationship but we never see them at like um him in the female gaze where she's like oh he's so fine it's more just oh they're equal but mm-hmm. men she's not even with they're always like looking at her in like a desire and they're mm-hmm. like oh look at her and there's like parts of the movie where it, like it kind of isolates her body and her butt mm-hmm. and like her slender frame so it's it's weird yeah I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think is it possible to ever get to the point where when m- women sexualize a man because it's never taken seriously. They're like, it's they, always a comedic moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like, or they the guys want to be like you know like the bachelor yeah. bachelorette effect. Like yes, bachelorette mm-hmm. seasons the men are half naked or naked a good five weeks, mm-hmm. and they would never even dare attempt like to tell them to stripped down mm-hmm. uh, for the bachelor like yeah. mm-hmm. are you have you lost your mind like that would not flop that would not fly but like flirtation and clatia season like i mean they were literally stripped dodgeball like people yeah. were holding their yeah. holding their balls <laughs> as they walked back to their rooms yeah yes. and imagine like for match season if there was like all right like Let's do. Mud. Let's get down to our lingerie, ladies. Yeah, like mud fighting in your bikinis. Mm-hmm. Like that's no, that no longer would have worked. Yeah, but it is a double standard. And it's like there, there was outrage for it, but it's also like it's not the same it's thing. It's Not mm-hmm. the same. I mean, maybe we should stop it. I'm not saying don't stop it, but like do not equate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah. we kind of touched on everything. Um. There's a <clears throat> slut walk. Oh, that I just didn't mention. That's Amber Rose. That was a she got pushback from a lot of um, older feminists okay. for her slut walk because it was just you know being, um, just be unashamed of your body mm-hmm. and just wearing whatever you want to wear. And it was you know like a little march mm-hmm. in L.A. I wish I could have attended that one of those. They seem fun. It's like yeah, it's weird. I think not to toot my own horn, oh God. but I think I'm really good at like not letting my own comfortability with like my sexuality or my body affect how I view other women's mm-hmm. sexuality mm-hmm. in my body. Like I know I wouldn't wear that. Yeah, but, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people can't separate themselves from the masses. Yeah, yeah, and that's the and that's one of the biggest. I mean, life, like in general, just like ch- trying to relate to other humans is the biggest thing. If mm-hmm. you don't go through it, sometimes it's hard to empathize with other people. Mm-hmm. But like when it comes to like sexuality, I it's, the issue for me is like going out of your way to say now it's anti 
feminism because you're you wouldn't do it and you're not comfortable mm. with it. Yeah. Yes. And I think that's the issue because I don't think you being comfortable wearing like a bralette as your shirt for the day like oh you're not you're you're not a feminist because mm-hmm. you're just mm-hmm. like you're overly sexual and it's like all the stuff it's like okay that's what you want to wear mm-hmm. i wouldn't wear that and like exactly. that's something i'm not comfortable mm-hmm. with but like how does that make her all of a sudden not feminist mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, oh yeah. yeah no that's what I, um uh never mind oop thought completely left my brain i was gonna say <laughs> should we mention how like the was the, I, I keep on thinking era equal rights amendment oh, oh yeah yeah okay is it about to be passed i you know they tried to bring it up again i don't know no like aren't they trying to like admit it into law now because then like a state passed it and they needed a certain amount of states in order in order for it to be passed for it to be admitted to the constitution yeah i know what you're talking about oh okay you just okay I think so much of it has just been implemented separately. That's what I was saying. Does it still need to be That's passed? True. That's why I didn't know it wasn't passed because I was like, wait, what do you mean? Like all the aspects of the ERA, like abortion and like women, when it comes to um, the military, women in the military, mm-hmm. like there's a lot, the, all the individual aspects oh, okay. of the ERA have been like implemented in society okay. as individual bills or acts. But they still are t- pushing for it. Okay, this is where. Because um, what amendment is it the 14th? But where I was confused why we needed another the ERA amendment because it's supposed to be you're not supposed to be discriminated based on gender, race, uh, sexual, sexuality, you know, and, and disability. So, like, if this is already covered, what is the ERA going to then do? Like, what more did it add? And I've yet to get an like, answer. I'm so, so confused. Did it add? Um, it was just like basically just guaranteeing. Um, women pay because it wasn't happening with you know the past amendment um the past amendment yeah so and then, like other women liberties such as abortion i don't know but why I'm it would matter today but i'm saying but even in the um i think it makes it um national wide because right now it's state by state but the era would make it federal yeah i but i thought the amendments already handled that federally that's what i'm so confused mm-hmm. about but i Not think it's a, but i think it's the specifics like it's still state to state yeah. I, th- I thought Roe versus Wade made it a federal thing, but states just make their own laws so they don't. It makes it harder, but like I think the ERA ensures that people have rights to abortion. I think it's the sh- the more strict you are federally, less state freedom okay. and mm-hmm. interpretation and other contradictory laws can pop up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like even though something might be federal, there are so many caveats on the state level that could basically like affect you still like in alabama how there's more anti-abortion clinics and actually abortion clinics Mm -hmm. but that's legal (laughs) so it's like stuff like that could be if you have more of like a federal restriction Mm -hmm. it prevents that being allowed on like for alabama to allow that to happen yeah i guess that's what i get confused for i was like roe versus wade made it like it just um reassured reaffirmed what the federal law already was so i'm what would the er what extra restrictions would the era make well i, I oh, i'm yeah. guessing there's more yeah like we did i don't no, have the, the actual the thing amendment is basically like men and women are equal like <laughs> but that's mm-hmm. the overall statement oh. but there's actual things wanting to be implemented specifics okay. so that's what i'm saying i think that that's why 
I think now it being passed would be more of a symbolic thing versus what it was in the sixties. Cause there was actually things over time, like today has been implemented mm-hmm. that haven't been implemented, but like more stringent things on the federal level can prevent issues on the state level. Yeah. So Alabama. When I heard about Alabama, I said, Whoa, they have, so what exactly is an, so what do anti-abortion clinics do? So basically it markets itself as an abortion clinic. But when you actually go there. Oh, that's there, what those are called? Yeah. Oh. So, but when you get there, they actually convince, they try to convince you not, to, not get to get abortion. Yeah. So they give that you. didn't click in my head that those were like, those oh, were two separate things so they to basically, me. They like to do a little ultrasound so you oh, can hear the heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And then they give you like pamphlets and like, these are your options. And they try to, <laughs> they, they push for you to not get yeah. the abortion. I didn't know that's what those were called. Okay, I thought those, those were, that's legal. what a separate thing. Uh, there's more of those. There should be more education about abortions and like the adoption, you know, agency part. And I feel like the adoption um, care system should be rehabilitated in yes. America. We need to fix that. Yeah. But when someone makes the choice to get an abortion, Setting up a fake abortion clinic is just evil. In my that's opinion. yeah. Because they probably crazy. already didn't want to um, do that. Like the you stress know, that I, they already had to put themselves through to even probably get to that abortion mm-hmm. clinic, yeah. and then you get there and you on the bed, and they're like, "So actually, like what?" <laughs> yeah, that's so that's traumatizing. Yeah. and there's like different levels of coercion that they like. Some are just like, "Here are your options. Here's a heartbeat. Are you sure you want to do this?" And then the more religious ones are like, like, are you a Christian? You're gonna, you're gonna go to hell. You can't like it's mm, like there's horrible. different there's different levels, but there's more of those clinics than actual abortion clinics in mm-hmm. Alabama. So trying to That's to crazy. yeah, there was a gymnast who got in trouble basically for asking for money for something else, but that fund directly like is linked to funneling anti-abortion clinics mm. so oh. everybody was like um they, they followed like the money the paper trail the the group and they were like you make it seem like we're it was like buy fans to help women in some foreign country or something like help mm. them with their wages or something like buy mm-hmm. these fans mm-hmm. and then they like follow it was like through a church and they followed the church and like the like the the funds of the group goes to an anti-abortion clinic Oh, and so it was like you're telling me to buy a fan to How help these women who's actually going to <laughs> yeah oh. and that gymnast is now representative for all the gymnasts in the USAG great great Which that's wonderful great. Sarah Finnegan that's wonderful huh? Sarah Finnegan oh her yeah that was her who did that and now she's, she know she like was she under the assumption or did she think she was helping out women and she i think when they like when people called her out she was like no it, it's going to the women and they're <laughs> like i don't know if she was saving face or she knew like i i'm guessing it's all one fund mm-hmm. one like one like organization and they maybe do help women in foreign country but some of the funds is going to the anti-abortion clinic so yeah, she might be sure. like no i'm it was for the women but it's like is yeah. every single penny and cent going to the women? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I was thinking? I know we shouldn't end this, but the feminist movement in America 
it's so different than outside of America. And we very much, I know we're focusing on America because that's where we are. But when you start going just, you know, one hop skip over to South America or one mm -hmm. hop skip over to uh, the Middle East or Africa, Asia, it gets so much more um, dire and scary, like yeah. the need yeah. for uh, equality. Because I feel like some, it's like either you're progressed so much or there's still things that I'm just like, oh. No, the rest of the world, yeah, yes. no, yeah. I agree. Um, and I feel like it's rough. I definitely feel like the, the, we do this a lot of time as Americans, but like definitely the woman issues of America is the same for everywhere. It is and I was not. like, there's it's so not. much nuance. Oh in my other God. Countries. These like, I feel like I've heard, but a lot of times it's like white feminists though that'd be like, yeah, well, why don't they, and just like Saudi Arabia, why don't they just like do, like, girl, cause they can't. Like, like cause they will get murdered. Has. And it's like, the things that I personally I'm just like boils my blood so I can't imagine for actually Muslim women but when they like why do they still wear the hijab or like why do they still and like people how, still how say can, that how can you be, yes, yes. Uh. how can you be Muslim and and be a feminist it was they don't they think that oh, that's they so think that they're being oppressed and them wearing it is oppression and I'm just like so you don't understand religion nuance religion faith and you know like it has nothing to do that's that's my main issue yeah. is not allowing women there's all spectrums of women some oh are choosing to be more covered up and reserved and some are choosing to be more flamboyant and out there mm -hmm. and it's okay exactly. you're still a feminist like yeah. if you just want equal yeah. rights just equal basic needs to health care to work the root or, is literally always drive, this like drive. honestly yeah Oh my God! Because that's why so much in American American depiction of Muslim women, it's like the hijab comes, comes off with oh, the white boy. Always, or oh, that's so the feminist in like even in the bold type, like there is a Muslim woman and she's like a feminist. She's really like she's lesbian, all this stuff, and she wears her hijab like in public. Mm -hmm. But I know it's like you know personal. In conversations intimate but like it's still it is still a different like on rhetoric we're seeing her without her job and yeah. with strangers mm -hmm. and yeah. even just the idea of that even if it's supposed to be depicting her in her apartment her comfortable mm -hmm. it's still i think a little bit of a problem that that's our normalization of muslim women is very much like you're you're now accept like to be a real like feminist or a woman it's like you should be comfortable not wearing your her job in public oh, mm -hmm. versus God. a person who wants to wear her job mm -hmm in public or wants to wear it at all mm -hmm. and that's like mm -hmm. the the Woo. anyway that was just a my tip People about international stupid. feminism womanism yeah okay yeah um so reflection yeah any final thoughts any uh no nah, i didn't have anything to say <laughs> <laughs> um for me i believe we've come a long way but there's still so much more Mm -hmm. we can do but yeah mm -hmm. great <laughs> <laughs> that's basically how I, I feel that. <laughs> I, um, at Ditto. this point I know that at this point I just don't know what more can happen like are we at a stallmate I no one's ever going to be happy I think instead of women trying to get women to act right I think mm -hmm. that we should shift the movement to, to the, the men. men I think we should at least we can all agree, hopefully, I think, ish, 
roughly that the men are behind the curve that's the issue yeah oh that is the main issue now it's stem side especially with like trans women too mm-hmm. with like a high increase of the murders Mm-hmm. it's just yeah it's mostly femme side that's the main issue we're facing right now I, a lot of it is like more like femme issues than like women mm-hmm. yeah specifically mm-hmm. i think like the sex of like male sex and male just, female it's more yeah. about like mm-hmm. okay let's adapt to what is like realistic about gender today yeah and mm-hmm. just, i think that's what there's a lot less that i feel like i hear a lot less like feminist specifically things because it's more of just like gender as a whole Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but that's a whole nother conversation yeah that's a whole other podcast yeah. but i think we can focus on men yes. i think that for at least i feel like you know for sure that's the problem yeah for sure i think the women men, disagree with other women like mm-hmm. should be sexual not sexual da, 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 conservative whatever but like men mm-hmm. we can all agree they need to be fixed mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah how do we fix it's that discrimination society. how do we pick, fix guys yeah um parenting discriminate oh yeah. it starts yeah, with this is my number one my number Education. one parents if you let your son go out with it to his friends and they have to he has to be back uh he gets to be stay out all night but the girl has to be back by 10 just just fix that it already should be, they both be just back the little 10. the little things the little like standards. that the little things yeah. mm-hmm. like um if i have to do laundry but your son doesn't have to do laundry yes then maybe fix that if i have to go buy your son food Ooh. but you don't want to go okay yeah it's no. getting a little, maybe yeah, fix little, little things I think like that's that you know? maybe little, if your son is the one downstairs <laughs> on his video games doing nothing maybe he should go do whatever you need fixed downstairs and also yeah when it comes to like assigning jobs i especially chores in the house mm-hmm. um yeah. yeah it should be universal i don't think the guy should be taking out the garbage and then the girl should be washing the dish or c- cooking your dinner they both could cook dinner they I both could take dishes. out the garage or garage the trash oh, it needs to be a cycle you know switch off all switch off oh, chores yeah. i was like i was like yeah granted there was three girls in the house but we definitely did cycle through the chores and if i there was a Everything. if there was a boy they would cycle through the chores mm-hmm. we, we did we did male jobs and female jobs quote unquote so i know they can do female jobs mm-hmm. quote unquote i was three taking out the trash yeah like. <laughs> not, yeah to me it's like i know men i know like, this thing like men eventually gonna live alone and women That's live alone fucking thing mm-hmm. so but shouldn't we all struggling. shouldn't we all learn how to do all chores mm-hmm. so when you're living alone and you're a woman Cooking you know how to I, take out a trash yeah and if you're a Yo, man you know how to use a dishwasher i didn't know how to pump gas for the longest time it was fucking embarrassing yeah, like I literally i had I to call that. people and be like i i'm out of gas <laughs> i don't know where to go because nobody taught me how to pump gas mm-hmm. But I mean, I learned, but that's more because like my auntie was just like, "I'm not getting out the car." So what yeah, you nah. gonna do? Yeah, you had a gonna get out, <laughs> and she's just yelling at me from the driver's seat. You know, my biggest pet peeve—not pet peeve, my biggest like ugh with the world—not biggest, but whatever. I keep on saying not, but yeah, but yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> the fact that women are the ones in the kitchen from the youngest of ages, and then all of a sudden the men are chef, like the most renowned chefs. It, yes, it's so special because it's like gears. My girl, mm-hmm. like if a, if a boy, want to actually be in the kitchen. I mean, like obviously, there's there's a separate calling mm-hmm. about that, and that, to Nate, it's, 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 it's something that's so. I'm like, if yeah. they're the best cooks and chefs in the world, then they can start at a young age, mm-hmm. just like yeah, yeah. And then they'd be like, oh. 
women belong in the kitchen. I was like, okay, why? Yes, Burger King. Don't. Lynn. Burger King was on to something with that one. <laughs> no, yeah, it doesn't, it, it's not making sense. It's just, it's the hierarchy of it all because mm-hmm. chefs are, you know, highly elevated in our society. Mm-hmm. But. Oh, how male nurses are like praised oh, as man. if there's something like also you're just, a male and you're willing to be a nurse. Why don't you become a doctor? They should be and a nurse. when fathers are just fathers, just yo, oh just there, yo. just there. He picked up his kid from school. Man, damn, like, you got cupcakes for your child. Mm-hmm. I don't Have know. Have you realized that um, higher um, education is being devalued kind of now? Yes, most women. It's mostly women getting doctorates and masters more yes. than men. Yes. So and now all of a sudden, society values men stuff over women. Yeah, and I also wonder though if that be- is because can you get a job? Like, I know a lot of women who get their bachelors, and it's a struggle for them to get into the workforce. Yes. So then you end yes. up okay well let me go my master's because you can always get in you can always kind of get into school mm-hmm. but you couldn't get into workforce so you just go for another degree mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you get your master's and then you still can't get a job so it's like okay well a phd here i come mm-hmm. exactly. yeah but he's a man if you get a if you get a, like a six-figure job after your bachelor's degree mm-hmm. of course you don't go to get your master's and you know the biggest uh like I feel like discrepancy when it comes is women because I feel like there's more gaps on resumes and everything. They'll go into a job and they'll be offered less money or their salaries less. Mm-hmm. But then a guy, because usually they have can keep a job, it's easier for them to get a job doing the same job. They're going to automatically get a pi- higher pay. Mm-hmm. And then it's like pay inequality, but it, it starts off before getting the job, the <laughs> yes. inequality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not, it starts off with work experience, getting exactly. internships. Yes. Exactly. And it's, and it's like, I hate those like, Oh, equal pay. It's like, that's not the issue. The issues before the equal mm-hmm. pay, like how do we ensure we get the equal pay? Cause now you have, they can have an excuse of why I'm not getting that equal pay. Yeah, You have no work experience. Fred has three years mm-hmm. and it's like, well, it's Fred's daddy got it's him that system. job and mm-hmm. I couldn't get a job. So I went back to school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. Diverging. Yeah. All right. Ooh, so let's rock. Racism. Mm-hmm. This up. This was a great conversation. Um, we barely scratched the surface, I feel like, but we talked for yeah. so long because it's just such an expansive subject. We yeah. can always do another, pick different like little subtopics. Yeah, as the society yeah. comes up, next revolutionary thing mm-hmm. that's not revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but make sure to watch us on YouTube, mm-hmm. right? Subscribe. Give us five stars, especially if you're on the Apple of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, Write a cute little on, note, you know? Yeah. If you heard this, type, go down to the um, box and go, hey, girlies, um, love the episode. Um, great voices. Kisses. <laughs> and then we'll know you listen. Okay, cool. All right, great. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> it helps our algorithm to generate more. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they like reviews. Um oh. and we're greedy, needy little whores. We like reviews. Yes. Oh my gosh, I said whore. Is that a feminist thing to call yourself a whore? Hmm. Question. Mm-hmm. Calling um, your friends whore. calling your friends a bitch. What? Is that oh, oh is some that, people take offense. Some people and then do. some people are like, Yes, empowerment. Yes, I am a bitch. <laughs> and what? You know? It's a, it's a next part. Come back to the next podcast and we'll we'll go into it. Um <laughs> <laughs> Twitter is Jamin talking instagram is talking gems on the youtube 
we're everywhere you can listen to podcasts. Shout out to India. Um, <laughs> I love that we always shout out India. <laughs> you have like a solid fear. Thank you for having us. Yeah. I hope we only get being in like India <laughs> and then we just have to move to India. Yeah. Ignoring that there's other countries who do have more, but like no, no, no. specifically, we're going to shout out India. India. Yeah. Um, and thank you for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.